0: Where did we go last week? We said go forward and prepare. Remember that? I only got through number one. And so this week, we must preserve to the, persevere to the end. We must persevere to the end. I want to first, I want to do one scripture first because this is the person that started out right, then he compromised, and so let's look at this one first. It's in First Kings thirteen eight. I've never been able to figure this one out, but, you know, we see in the times that we live in this same thing happening to people, unfortunately. First Kings, what did I say, 13.8. Okay. And the man of God said to the king, If you give me half your house, I will not go in with you, and I will not eat bread or drink water in this place. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, You shall eat no bread or drink water or return by the way you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way that he came to Bethel. Now there was an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him, all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. And the words which he had spoken to the king, they told also to their father. Their father asked them, which way did he go? For his sons had seen which way the man of God who came from Judah had gone. He said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey and he rode on it and went after the man of God, and when he found him sitting under an oak, he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. He said, I may not return with you or go in with you, neither will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For I was told by the word of the Lord, You shall not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way that you came. He answered, I am a prophet also as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So the man from Judah went back with him and ate and drank water in his house. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who brought him back. And he cried to the man of God, and he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, Thus says the Lord: Because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the command which the Lord commandeth you, but you have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in this place of which the Lord said to you, Eat not, no bread and drink no water, your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And after the prophet of the house had eaten bread and drunk, he saddled the donkey for the man he had brought back. And when he had gone, the lion met him by the road and slew him, and his corpse was cast in the way, and the donkey stood by it, and the lion stood and stood by the corpse. Hang on. And behold, a man passed by and saw the corpse thrown in the road and the lion standing by the corpse. And they came and told it to the city where the old prophet dwelt. When the prophet who brought him back from the, from the way heard of it, he said, Is the man of God who was disobedient of the word of the Lord? Therefore the Lord has given him to the lion, which was, has torn him and slain him according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to him. And and his sons saddled the donkey for me, and they saddled it. This is really sad, and we see so much of it today. If somebody could turn this heater behind me off, I would appreciate that. We see this happening today. The word, people will hear from God. The Lord will speak to them, will be specific with them. And then a prophet comes along, tells them something, and they go do what the prophet has told them to do. And I've seen many lives destroyed by this. I have seen, I hate to say this, even ministers that have listened to, quote, so-called prophets completely give up their churches, do whatever, and end up dead. And it's sad when you hear stories like this. If God tells you something, he means it until he tells you something different. You know, if God tells me something, I'm not changing until He changes what He said in the first place. And usually he doesn't, unless it's for a specific purpose and a specific time in your life. But I will not move until He talks to me again. And we and he reminds me of what He spoke, and then he proves me in his word with two or three witnesses that it's okay to go forth and do something different, okay? So I just wanted to share that. I wanted to share that this, this man did not persevere to the end. He went ahead and did exactly what God had told him not to do, and it cost him his life. And that's it's sad. It cost him his life. And so we need to be very careful when God tells us to do something that we, we persevere to the end you know there is the end and we need to move move forward with god so john 17:9 let's look at this we must persevere to the end the first one was go forward and prepare this one is persevere to the end number 2 john 17:9 a lot of people are falling back to their old ways and completely losing out what God has for them which is really sad. And I'm going to prove this to you in scripture today. John 17:9. I am praying for them. I'm not praying requesting for, I am not praying and requesting for the world, but for those you have given me, they belong to you. I'm going to read this in the King James Version. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but those are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, That they may be one as we are one. Hallelujah. That they are one as we are one. Let's look at this um, in the Amplified, verse 10. All things that are mine are yours, and all things that are yours belong to me. and i am glorified in through them they have done me honor in them my glory is achieved and now i am no more in the world but these are still in the world and i am coming to you holy father keep in your name in the knowledge of yourself those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are while i was with them i kept and preserved them in your name in the knowledge and worship of you those who have give those You have given me, I guarded and protected, and not one of them has perished or is lost except to destruction. No, except the son of perdition, Judas Iscariot, the one who is now doomed to destruction, destined to be lost, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I'm coming to you. I say these things while I am still in the world so that my joy may be made full and complete and perfect in them. They may have experienced my delight fulfilled in them, and my enjoyment may be perfected in their own souls, that they may have my gladness within them filling their hearts. I have given and delivered them to your word, message, and the world has hated them. So if you're in the word... The world's going to hate you. And we see that happening in the times that we live, even more so than, I think, any other time. You know, remember, you know, America was founded on Christianity. Okay? And it's the Christians that are hated now. So, but Jesus says, I will protect them. I will keep them, but we need to keep right with Him, Amen. Galatians six nine. This is not a. This is not a time to go wandering around. People might have gotten away with it a while back, but this is not. This is in it. Let's go to verse six. Let him who receives instruction in the word of God share all things with his teacher, contributing to his support. Do not be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned. This is heavy. Sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretenses or professions or by his precepts being set aside. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. For whatever a man sows, and that only is what he will reap. So whatever we sow, we will reap. Amen? If we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Oh, oh, I missed it. Sorry. Sorry. Let's go to verse 8. For he who sows to his own flesh, lower nature, sensuality, will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. But he who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint, acting nobly and doing right. Let us not lose heart. Whenever you feel yourself start to lose heart, You need to grab a hold of the word. You need to pray. You need to grab a hold of the word. You need to pray in tongues. Grab a hold of the word and pray in tongues. Set, get yourself alone and get with God immediately. In acting nobly and doing right. For in due time at the appointed season we shall reap. If we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. So then, as occasion and opportunity open up to us, let us do good morally to all people, not only being useful or profitable to them, but also doing what is for their spiritual good and advantage. Be mindful to be a blessing, especially to those of the household of faith, those who belong to God's family with you, the believers. Hallelujah. Okay, let's look at Hebrews 12.1. There's got to be a better way for this. Hallelujah. Okay. Hebrews 12, 1. I love the book of Hebrews. Love, love, love. Well, I love the whole Bible, but I love the book of Hebrews. There is much, so much in that book for us. Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have born testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before you, looking away from all that will distract looking away from all that will distract, to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief, and is also the finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. So we have got to strip off, and literally throw aside every encumbrance and unnecessary weight, now, start thinking about some of these things that maybe you could get rid of That is that are a weight. You know, some people hang on to old, old mail and whatever. I mean, if it's a month old, it's old. You know, I'm being honest. Copy what you want out of it. Maybe it's a magazine or something. You don't need the whole magazine. Copy the page out of it and keep that and get rid of the rest. You know, God's coming back, and we need to get rid of some clutter here. I'll be honest. We need to just get rid of some junk and some clutter. Amen? Two amens out of the whole bunch? But I like my junk. No, you need to get rid of this stuff as quickly as you can because it it can distract you. It can totally distract you from what, your goal and vision is for the day. If you have a tendency to start something and don't finish it, then you need to write a list every day out for yourself and finish it. Don't make it too long. Start with If you, if you have to start with just two things, if you have to just start with one thing, get it and complete it and finish it for the day then you'll find that once you're able to do that and keep your full attention on that, then you'll be able to move to two things, then three things, then four things. But it's when we allow our minds to wander and get distracted, then we cannot, when it comes time for the Spirit of God to to teach us or talk to us or deal with us in something, then our minds have a tendency to wander. So we've got to start these things in the flesh, so they can be finished in the spirit. Does that make any sense to you? You know, it's the things of the flesh that are holding us back. That's why he said, "Throw aside every encumbrance and unnecessary weight." And then he talks about the sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. Actually, it actually this actually means hems you in. Makes you feel hemmed in. How many have ever um, walked in your house and maybe it's a mess and you just, to me, it's like I feel just totally hemmed in. I feel pressured by it. I honestly feel pressured by it because my mom was such an immaculate person, thank God, that anything that's out of order now it makes me out of order. I get out of order, okay? So I'm not saying I'm perfect, but we're working on it, amen? Okay. First Peter 1.13. So this is something to think about. Set yourself some daily goals in the natural and in the spiritual because how well you can deal with the things in the natural will cause you to be able to be able to deal with the things in the in the spiritual trust me if I can get a person to deal with areas in the natural then they can yield over to the spirit and to the word of God in the spiritual and the natural no longer has there's no desire any longer for that natural but as long as they hang on to things they're bound to them and it's, it's really sad okay First uh, Peter one thirteen. They like to call it ADA, and there's different names for it, you know. Nowadays, you all know what I'm talking about. You say, "What well, do you believe that?" I hate this heater sometimes, but. Okay, praise God. Sorry about that. 1 Peter 1.13. Are you ready? So brace up your minds. Brace up your minds or gird up your minds. Brace, up, brace them up. Gird them up. Be sober. Circumspect. Morally alert. Set your hope wholly and unchangeably on the grace, divine favor that is coming to you when Jesus Christ the Messiah is revealed. Live as children, verse 14 of obedience to God. How are we supposed to live? As children, obedient to God. How do we want our children to live? Our own, well, up to the, well, we want them to live after they're adults and out of the house, but we have. Control over them up to the age of eighteen, amen. How do we expect our children to live? Honestly, honestly. what else? I'm seeking. I'm seeking answers out there. How? What? What do? You, how, honestly, that's true. Because all liars go to hell. That's a good one. Anybody else? Obedient to the word. Obedient to the word. Anybody else? Respectful. Pardon? Respectful. Respectful? Do, what you ask them to do. do what you ask them to do. Obedient. Your word is. This is. This is what's so sad nowadays with children. They don't believe their parents. Why? Because the parents have allowed them to get away with things. You know, you have power over that child. They don't have power over you. You say, well, what if, what if, what if they run away? Well, then they run away. They'll come back. Trust me. <laughs> hey, I don't know, if you ever think you're gonna run away, you better find another place to go live because you're not coming back here. You're gonna get one chance. In my heart, there was, you got one chance with this. But if you decide, you know, I remember one time when I was a kid, I decided I was gonna run away. And it got dark. And I'm like, it's dark out here. There's no food, um, it's getting cold, it's dark. So I climbed under the car. It's a good thing I didn't get run over. You know, my mom just let me run away. You know, whatever, let her go. I got under the car because I thought, I can remember this. Not much from my child. I can remember getting under the car and thinking, okay, I can stay under here. I can live under this car. Well, that didn't last very long. I remember going in the house. I shared one time about Pastor and I how when we were first married, pastor told me, I'm, I'm not going to argue. I don't argue. I'm not going to argue. And I like to argue from, you know, from a previous marriage, and so I was used to it. And so what he would do, he would just say, I'm not arguing. I'm leaving. And he'd take off in the car and be gone for hours. And I remember that. And so one night I thought, okay, I'm going to get even with him. So <laughs> I left for, I don't remember how long. He never knew that I was even gone out of the house. He was just doing his own thing, never even knew I was gone. And that ticked me even more. So back to where we are. <laughs> I came in and he was in just doing whatever, had no idea I was missing. I said, you didn't know I went out." No, had no idea at all. He was just off in his own world doing his thing. I thought, a lot of good that did. I went out in the car and drove around, and they didn't have Starbucks in those days. And, you know, and I thought, that didn't do any good at all. He, got a, he would leave, and I would really, that would just fry me. I'm going to be honest. But, you know, by the time he got home, I was calmed down. So parents, or all of us, we need to get a hold of ourselves, amen? First Peter, where am I? Anybody remember? 113, so brace up your minds, be sober, circumspect, morally alert. Set your hope wholly and unchangeably on the grace, divine favor that is coming to you when Jesus Christ the Messiah is revealed. Live as children of obedience to God. Do not conform yourself to the evil desires that governed you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. Now learn from this verse 14 because it's very important. Live as children of obedience to God and do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that govern you in your former ignorance the enemy is always going to try to pull you back to those things that governed you in your former life. If you, you know, when we read Galatians 5.1, and let's, let's turn there, let's keep our hand here really quick, but let's go ahead and get off the notes a minute and look at this, Galatians 5.1. How many have ever been tempted to rob a bank here, anybody? Never. That has never been a, a, I remember as a kid, I stole one thing, and um, I have one now. I stole one thing, my mom, one of, there was a lady across the street that was quite wealthy, and she had a, I think I've shared this before, but she had a back scratcher, you know, one of those long things that had a hand on it. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And, you know, she had so much stuff, I figured she's not going to miss this. Well, I remember I got the whipping of my life. And, well, no, I think the guy that I, the goat guy. Um, But I remember she made me take it back. She made me, which was the best thing that could have happened. First, I got the whipping of my, not, that wasn't the whipping of my life, but it was one of them. And she made me take that thing back. And then I had to ask the woman to forgive me. And, you know, it was humbling. I had to tell her, I stole this from you. And I had to ask, I, you know, I never, I never, that was it. I never stole, never stole again. But I now have one, and it works, you know, like in the middle of the night if you need to turn the heater up or have <laughs> or if you want to scratch your back or what I mean I have one now that thing that thing intrigued me so much that I got myself one but look at look what it says here in Galatians stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage do not allow yourself to get entangled back now when we go back to this scripture it says live it in verse, P, 1 Peter 1.14, 1 1, Live as children of obedience to God and do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that governed you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. But as the one who called you is holy, you yourselves also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living. Be holy, Jesus said, be ye holy as I am holy. Okay? So, what the enemy's always going to try to do is pull you back in your thought life first to your old ways. He'll try to get you to think of something that you did at one time or that. You sinned in in one time, and you need to pull yourself out of that. You need to close that, that door to your mind. You need to gird up. It says, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end. Hope to the end. I've been delivered. You know that song, I've been delivered, oh, praise the Lord. I've been delivered by your word. Hallelujah. God said, Prepare, and we did this last week. We did Revelations 3:11, but you can. We're not going to turn there today. The next thing is, be steadfast. Be ye steadfast. We need to be steadfast. I'm going to look that word up in the dictionary, so we all know exactly what it means. I know we're all intelligent, and we do, but maybe someone listening to it out there doesn't. So, not that I'm calling people that are listening, saying they're not intelligent, but I want to know what steadfastness means, so I will be steadfast. Amen? In everything for Him. You know, some people have a tendency in their lives to want something really bad. And once they get it, it's like they've conquered it. They've, now I've got it. I've conquered it. I mean, if, yeah, don't raise your hand if you that was you. They conquered it, and then they completely lose interest in it after they once get it. I think we've all done that. I remember this car that I just had to have, and Pastor says I drove it in second second gear all the way from Oklahoma to California. (laughs) Arlene made me laugh. We bought it and we moved. You have to remember I had the cats meowing in the car with me. (laughs) At least it had air conditioning, anyway. But I was really impressed by the um, outside beauty of that car. Now, he says I drove it in second gear, but I didn't. I don't believe so, but he says I did. I think it was the stuff that he put in the engine, but we won't, we won't, we won't go there. I'm one of these. Don't put anything in there unless you've tried it before. But that's okay. Told enough on us today. I'm have Dan come in here so we he can find steadfast. Steadfast. Big deal. Hope somebody had some steadfast. It used to be steadfast. <laughs> Anybody have a dictionary that says more than this? This this thing really usually this is a riot. OK, praise the Lord. Be steadfast. Anybody have a dictionary that says anything better than that? Thank you, Terry. I appreciate it. I have my iPad here. You'd think I would turn it on. Thank you so much. My favorite dictionary just, wow, forget it. I'm going to use my iPad. Fixed in direction, steadily directed, a steadfast gaze. Fixed in direction, steadily directed, a steadfast gaze. Number two, firm in purpose, resolution, faith, attachment, etc. As a person, a steadfast friend. You know, they're few and far between. How many know that? Unwavering, number three is unwavering, as resolution, faith, adherence, etc. Four, firmly established, as an institution or a state of affairs. Firmly established. It's kind of like Pastor Dave and I are not getting a divorce. We're firmly established. We've been married how many years? 45 years. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, we're firmly established in each other. You don't even have to concern about it. I'm not going to look at another man. He's not going to look at another woman. You don't have to concern yourself about that, okay? (laughs) You all looked at me like, what are you talking about? How firmly established are you? You know, I will be honest with you, in my early days of marriage, because of being priorly married and having been divorced, There were times that I had to really deal with the thought of, well, I'll be honest, when I got married, I just figured, well, I got divorced once, I can do it again. And you'd be surprised how many divorced people have that thought in their mind. And so that was something that God and I had to really, really work on, was to become firmly established in this marriage. Hallelujah. I don't like telling my stories to you people sometimes. I'm be honest with you, but we're not going to get a divorce. Everything's fine with us. We're firmly established. You know, you get to a point at one place in your marriage that I am never going to roll the toothpaste up the way he does his own. So he has his own drawer, his own place where he keeps his, and I have mine, and he always makes sure I have an extra box in there. Isn't that nice? I always make sure I always have an extra box in there because my thing is I'm not going to roll it up till there's just a little bit left there. When, I, when I'm done with mangling it, I throw it away. Okay? And he rolls his up to the end. I, that's great. He's firmly established in the way he does that, and I'm firmly established in the way I do it. As an institution or a state of affairs, are your affairs in order? Are you firmly established think about this are you firmly established in your faith in Jesus Christ can anybody change what you believe okay five firmly fixed in place or position four was the firmly established in an institution or a state of affairs Five, firmly fixed in a place or position. Thank you, Terry. I'm sure you would like this back. So, fixed in direction, steadily directed, a steadfast gaze. Okay, Joshua 23, 7, and 8. Thank you very much. My dictionary disappointed me. Okay, be established. Nothing can move you. Some of the old things you like to do, you know, I've shared with you, so there's nothing, you know, I used to be an alcoholic. If I took one drink, I guarantee you I'd be an alcoholic again. Not that, I don't believe in AA, you know, once in alcohol. I've been delivered from it. But I'm smart enough to know not to go back to it. You know, I smoke three and a half packs of cigarettes. That's a lot of cigarettes when you think that is a lot a day. I know that if I ever went back and smoked one, I'd have a problem with it. And I've seen people that have gotten delivered from that several times. I have no desire for any of that stuff, you know. None. Zip. I've never been tempted when I've gotten down to go take a drink. I'm so down, I'm going to take a drink. I've never, that hasn't happened. Joshua 23, 7 and 8. Here we go. let's, Let's read the whole thing. It's not that much. A long time after that, when the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies round and about, Joshua had grown old and advanced in years. Joshua summoned all Israel, their elders, heads, judges, and officers, and said to them, I am old and advanced in years. And... You have seen all the Lord your God has done in all these nations for your sake, for it is the Lord your God who has brought, who has fought for you. Behold, verse 4 I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes those nations that remain, with all the nations I have cut off from the Jordan to the great sea on the on the west the lord your god will thrust them out from before you and drive them out of your sight and you shall possess their land and the lord your god that the lord your god promised you verse 6 so be very courageous and steadfast to keep doing all that is written in the book of the law of moses turning not aside from it To the right hand or to the left? Here he is how many years later? This is verse 23 of Joshua. Here he is later in his life saying the same thing. This is how Christians that are steadfast and stable in the word are. They are saying the same thing. They have not wavered or gotten away from their foundational truths that they've learned about the covenant. This, this coming year, we're going to teach on the blood is one thing. I know pastor pastor has been asked to teach on the rapture and what it means. And, but teaching on the blood of Jesus is something that we really need to teach on. Amen? Let's see what he says. Where did I I drop off? Anybody? So be very courageous, verse 6, and steadfast to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning not aside from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may not mix with these nations that remain among you or make mention of the name of their gods. He says, don't even make mention of the name of their gods. I find that very interesting. Don't even, make, you know, don't even make mention of their names of their gods. You know, really that's how we should be concerning the Muslims or whatever. We should not even make mention of the name of their god. You understand what I'm saying? Christianity and other religions don't go hand in hand. Amen? Okay. That you not mix with these nations that remain among you, or make mention of the names of their gods, or swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them, but cling to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations, And as for you, no man has been able to withstand you to this day. He's saying, no man has ever been able to withstand you to this day. One man of you shall put to flight a thousand, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you as he promised. But be very watchful of yourselves, verse 11, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and inherit... to the remnant of these nations left among you and make marriages with them, you marrying their women and they yours, know with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations from before you. But, listen to this, but they shall be a snare and a trap to you and a scourge in your sides. And thorns in your eyes until you perish from off this good land and the Lord your God has given you. For be and behold this day I am going the way of the earth, knowing all your hearts and in all your souls, that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you, not one thing have Of them has failed. This is powerful. Not one thing that God promised you has failed. You know, it might take its time for it to get to you. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Some people give up too soon. When God speaks something into existence over you, and promises you things, you have to be steadfast and continue on the course that God has promised you. Not get discouraged, not turn to the left or right, and do not mix with the ungodly. That's where Psalms 1-1 comes in. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, But his delight is in the word of the Lord, and in his word will he meditate day and night. And then he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Hallelujah. So let's go on here. If you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, if you serve other gods and bow down to them, then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall... Perish quickly from off the good land he has given you. Wow, that's pretty heavy. Well, we know what happens. They end up doing just what they were warned not to do. Okay, we've got to be steadfast. Job eleven, fourteen, 14, and 15. Used to be the church I was born again in when people were going through something. They'd go, I'm just like poor old Job. And you'd think, No, you're not. I don't see boils all over you. <laughs> think about it time. 11, 14, and 15. If you put sin out of your hand and far away from you, and let not evil dwell in your tents, then you can lift up your face to him without stain of sin and unashamed, yes. You shall be steadfast and secure, and you shall not fear. Now look what he's saying here. If you put sin or iniquity, he says, If iniquity be in thy hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in the tabernacles. For then thou shalt lift up thy face without spot, yea, thou shalt be steadfast and shall not fear pretty simple. He says, if you do this, then you're going to be steadfast and you're not going to have fear. Amen? Well, he should know because he's the one that said the thing I feared came upon me. Am I correct? So he found out something, didn't he? Need to listen to him. 1 Corinthians 15.8. Do you have anything you want to share over there? Okay. Uh, I don't think I got the wrong one. Couldn't be. Well, we're going to stop that one because evidently I wrote down the wrong thing, but I checked it twice. Writing a list, checking it twice. I must have done something wrong this morning. First, uh, Philippians one twenty-seven. Sorry about that. Here we go. This is a good one. The example of Christ is the heading of this in my Bible. Only let your conversation be as becometh to the gospel of Christ that whether I come and see you, or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit and one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God." I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Only be sure as citizens so to conduct yourselves that your manner of life will be worthy of the good news of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I do come and see you or an absent, I may hear this of you, that you are standing firm in united spirit and purpose, striving side by side and contending with a single mind for the faith of the glad tidings, the gospel. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents. Underline that in your Bible. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be be a clear sign, proof, and seal to them of their impending destruction but a sure token of evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God one thing the Lord showed me about next year is that we as the body need to become so close as it says only here conduct yourselves as a manner um, in verse 27 he says that I may hear of you that you are standing firm and united spirit And purpose, striving side by side and contending with a single mind for the faith and the glad tidings of the gospel. That's how God wants us. Next year is going to be a very important year for this body and for the body of Christ. But we need to stand together in the faith. And that's what we need to strive for, starting today. Hallelujah. 2 Peter 3.17 I would say that you might get out of here early today. Let me warn you, therefore, beloved, that knowing these things beforehand, you should be on on your guard, lest you be carried away by error and lawlessness and wicked persons and fall from your own present firm condition for your steadfastness of mind. What do we need to know? Okay. Let's go to verse 9. The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises, according to some people's conception of slowness. And he is long-suffering, external extraordinarily patient toward you hallelujah not desiring that any should perish but that all should turn to repentance some of you can say thank God amen we all can extraordinarily patient with us some of us are not extraordinarily patient but God certainly is we should all yell hallelujah on this one praise God so we need to give a little extraordinary patience to other people amen <laughs> not desiring that any should perish but that all should turn to repentance but the day of the Lord will not come will but the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will vanish pass away with a thunderous crash and the material elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire and the earth, and the work that are upon it will be burned up. Since all these things are thus in process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought each of you be in the meanwhile in consecrated and holy behavior and devout and godly qualities? So he's telling us how we're supposed to act. While you wait and earnestly long for and expect and hasten the coming of the day of God, by reason of, what, by reason of which the flaming heavens will be dissolved and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire. But we look for new heavens and a new earth according to his promise in which righteousness, uprightness, freedom from sin, and right standing with God is to abide. Hallelujah. Pastor will be teaching on this. So, beloved, if you have a concern about these things, if you don't understand these things, don't let it concern you. Don't let fear try to overtake you. You're sitting in church today. That means that you're here, you love God. Don't let the enemy try to harass you or bring concern to you. You're ready to go. If the rapture were to come, I know everyone in this room would go. I'm not even concerned about it. Hallelujah! It's exciting. You should all get excited. If if it were to come right now, we'd all be gone. I don't care who takes over this church. <laughs> they can have the bills. They can have whatever. They can have my house, they can have whatever it's all theirs. Okay, let's go on. Where did I let go or let off <laughs> I let go of it okay but beloved so beloved, since you are expecting these things, be eager to be found in him at his coming with verse fourteen without spot and or blemish and at peace. In serene confidence, free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflict, this is what he's doing with us right now. He's preparing us right now. He's bringing us to a place where we will be without spot or wrinkle. Right now, hallelujah. You'll you know you'll you'll see that things you might maybe a week ago you might have done. You don't want to do it anymore. I mean, from glory to glory, He's changing us. Amen? There will be a new heaven and a new earth. That's exciting. Amen? Don't ask me how it's going to get here. I don't know. There are some mysteries out there that only God knows. And I do not teach eschatology, so I know my limitations. Okay. All right. And consider the long-suffering of the Lord, his slowness in avenging wrongs and judging the world. Is salvation that which is conductive to the soul's safety, even as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the spiritual insight? Speaking as he does in his letters, there are some things in those epistles of Paul that are difficult to understand, which are... Ignorant and unstable, twist and misconstrued to their own utter destruction, just as they distort and misinterpret the rest of the scripture. So he's talking about there's people that are doing and boy, trust me, there are. Let me warn you beforehand, beloved, that knowing these things beforehand, you should be on guard. We need to be on guard right now. Okay, I'm telling you, be on guard. There's craziness going on out there right now in the church. Lest you be carried away by by the error of lawlessness and wickedness persons and fall from your own present firm condition, your own steadfastness of mind, but grow in grace, undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition and knowledge and understanding of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the Messiah. Hallelujah. Okay, we've got to be steadfast. And one thing I do believe that every person here is seven examples of people that were steadfast. Paul. No, I take it back at six examples. Paul. Acts twenty twenty-four. This is gonna go fast. but now these things but none of these things move me neither do i esteem my life dear to myself if only i may fr- finish my course with joy and the ministry which i have obtained from which was entrusted to me by the lord jesus faithfully to assist to attest to the good news gospel of god's grace his unmerited favor spiritual blessing and mercy so he's saying nothing's going to move him. He's not, he's not going to allow anything. To, and boy, did he have every opportunity to have stuff move him. Let me tell you. He says, I'm not going to have things move me. I refuse it. And he said, One thing I desire is to finish my course with joy. Finish my course with joy. It's not a drudgery. Christianity is not a drudgery. It's a joy. Hallelujah. Do's and don'ts and whatever are a drudgery. Acts 4, 19 and 20. Peter and John. These are seven examples of steadfast people. And Peter and John replied to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey you rather than God, you must decide. But we ourselves cannot help telling what we have seen and heard. Remember, they wanted them to shut up. (laughs) They told them, Verse seventeen. But in order that it may not spread further among the people and the nation, let us warn and forbid them with a stern threat to speak any more to anyone in the name about this person. Well, what they said, we're going to continue speaking no matter what you do. Okay, so they were steadfast. Deuteronomy three eighteen. We know the three Hebrew children. I'm not even going to go there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were told not to do certain things. They were told, well, they were told to worship. And they said, no, we will not. And so they heated up the fire and they said, you know, our God, our God will save us no matter, even even if we end up in that fire. Talk about faith. Talk about faith. Heat it up. Then they, just even those that were on the outside of it were singed, burnt, crispy critters even if we get in there we don't care, God's going to preserve us and he did I want you to think about that, that is powerful even if the enemy tries to throw you in the fire Jesus will come in and get you out amen yeah, even Daniel with the lions, remember him? Um, Job 23.11. You know, these guys were eunuchs. You all know what a eunuch is. Please don't make me tell you. These guys were eunuchs, but they were still joyful. You ever thought about that? They were still joyful, no matter what they did to them people today boy it doesn't take much well i may as well just go back to my old ways it's not working for me 2311 my foot has held fast to his steps his ways I have kept and not turned aside I have not gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed and treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job. Josiah. No, we did that one. Um. No, we didn't. Josiah is king. Second Kings 22.2. Do Two. you have anything to say, honey? Yeah. What? Was it Daniel? It was Daniel? I'm sorry, Daniel 3.18. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> sorry, it was 1 o'clock this morning when I was checking all this out. Daniel. Daniel 3.18, am I correct? Okay, sorry about that. Anything else to say? No. Second Kings 22.2. <laughs> He's a man of few words, but when he says something, listen. Are they rolling up the door? (laughs) They are? Oh, okay. They're bringing my Jaguar. <laughs> the birds have finally arrived. <laughs> you know those birds that are on the roof? They finally learn how to open the door and bring the money. Okay. Hey, don't kid yourself. We are just as special to God as the prophet was. If those birds fed him and brought food to him. Oh, boy, that'd be great every day. day. Second Kings 22, two two. <laughs> he wouldn't gain weight. Oh, no, stop. Josiah was 8 years old when he began his 31-year reign in Jerusalem. His mother was Jedidiah, daughter of Adahiah of Bozakah. He did right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of David his forefather and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Wow, he was eight years old when he began when he became a king. That is wild. Jesus, Luke nine fifty one. This is the last one. So if you're going to say anything, any. Come on up here and say it. Are you? Are you taking a vacation today? 9.51. You know. Now, when the time was already come for Jesus to be received up into heaven, he steadfastly and eternally set his face to go to Jerusalem. When it was almost, when it was time, was almost come for Jesus to be received up to heaven, he, now listen, he knew what was going to happen to him. He steadfastly and determinedly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent his messengers before him and they reached and entered the Samaritan village to make things ready for him. But the people would not welcome or receive or accept him because his face was set as if he was going to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, observed this, they said, Lord, do you wish us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them. (laughs) You know, they were so used to everybody coming around Jesus that But this is so powerful. We know that you'd have to be crazy not to realize that the time is almost ready to come for us to be taken out of here. The rapture actually means a catching away is what it means. You're going to be caught up to be with the Lord forever. And so we need to steadfastly and determinedly set our face towards being obedient constantly and being prepared to receive him. Praise God. Thank you today, everyone. So, be steadfast. No matter what, no matter what anybody else does around you, you be steadfast. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Philippians 4.6 Father, I thank you for the privilege that we've had today to freely, freely in this country come and worship you. Come and hear your word have the opportunity to be prepared to meet you. I pray over each person's week. God my desire is that everything that they put their hand to shall prosper. Everything they put their hand to shall bring prosperity. And I thank you, Father God, that everything they speak forth from your word shall come to pass. I know there are those that have had lists that they desire to see fulfilled this year. My prayer is that those things that they have desired will come to pass. By the end of this year, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Okay, ladies, we need to be there at 4.